Welcome to episode four of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title podcast. I'm your host, Brian Johnson, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, I hope this podcast is a good source of real estate information for you. We try to make these uh, pretty informative, but not too uh, legalistic and not too technical, so that just everyday people can understand uh, kind of what goes on in a real estate transaction. So what I wanted to talk about for this episode uh, was something I did a video about, and I put it out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and I got a really a lot of really good uh, reaction to it, and people found it very informative. They liked the subject matter, so I decided I'll just do a podcast episode about it. So the subject was, what does a title company actually do? So a lot of people don't realize what a title company does. You really generally only see them on closing day. You don't understand what goes on before you get to closing day, so I was just going to explain kind of the whole process. So the title company, you can kind of think of it as the guardians of the transaction. So we're the ones that make sure that, for one thing, that the title is clear, that there's a valid transfer of that title to another party, and that every dollar goes to where it's supposed to go to. So that means that the right amount of money has to come in and the right amount of money has to go out. So we have an escrow account. All the money comes into that escrow account and all the money goes out from that escrow account and it has to match and balance. So the lender and I have to be on the same page about where every dollar is going and every dollar has to go somewhere. So there can't be any unaccounted for money. So my escrow account is audited every three years at least, uh, sometimes more often than that. And in fact, my closing software will not allow me to print a check for a transaction unless everything balances so that every dollar is going somewhere and there's no extra money or not enough money uh, in that transaction. So what happens? So you sign a purchase agreement on a house uh, and your lender begins to process that file. So this usually starts after the inspection period. So you'll have that 10-day inspection period. Then after that, the lender will start to do what they need to do on their end uh, to process the loan. And so that's a whole other discussion. Maybe we'll get a lender on to talk about what goes on on their side of the transaction. But from our side, we'll get a title request from a lender. And what it's technically called is a request for title commitment. So it just means that the lender is requesting from me uh, a document saying that I will insure this title and I will issue lender's title insurance on this title if certain requirements are met. And so to do that, I'll have to order an abstract. And an abstract is just a history of what's gone on in the property and the land records. So it'll be all the transfers of the property, uh, any mortgages attached to it, any judgment liens on it, anything regarding that property that has happened in the land records. So I'll request that from my abstractor. I'll get it back from my abstractor. And usually for residential transactions, it'll go back about 30 years, uh, sometimes longer. just kind of depends on what is in the history of that, that title. And it'll show me everything that's happened. It'll show me every transfer, every mortgage. And so what I'm looking for is to see uh, if there are outstanding mortgages. If there are, I'm going to have to get those mortgages canceled, which means I'll have to get payoff quotes and pay those mortgages at the closing. Uh, And then I'm also looking at the buyer to see if there are any liens against the buyer. Because if you got a judgment against you and that was filed in the land records, that would attach to that new property that you're buying. So the lender doesn't want that to happen because the lender wants to be the first thing attached to that property. And so if you had some old judgment from 2017 and you're closing in 2020, since that 2017 judgment... Uh, was filed in the land records under your name first, it's going to be the first thing attached to that new property you just acquired. And the lender doesn't want that. They want to be first. And so the lender is going to want that cleared up. So we're either going to clear that up before the closing or at the closing by you know paying that off. 
So we're going to look at all those things. And there may be other things in the title that need to be fixed. Uh, you know, maybe some misspellings and some old deeds that need to be corrected, which is not a difficult thing to do. We can kind of easily do that. Uh, there might be some other issues with the title that we can't insure. And so we'll list those as exceptions in the commitment for title insurance. And so at that point, the lender would have the choice of either just accepting that those things are not going to be covered under the insurance policy, or we can fix them or they can buy an endorsement uh, to cover those kind of things. And so I will issue, it's a formal document uh, that says, I'm willing to issue this title insurance policy if these certain requirements are met. And so that's the title commitment part of it. Now there's also the closing disclosure part of this whole thing. And so the closing disclosure is what outlines where every penny is going in that transaction. So it lists all the fees you're being charged, all the fees the seller is being charged, who's getting what, where it's going. So it's going to have the lender fees on there. It's going to have the recording fees. So your mortgage and cash sale can be recorded in the land records. Uh, everything that needs to be paid out is, and everything that's coming in, it's all going to be listed on that closing disclosure, as well as it's going to tell you how much you need to bring to the closing. Uh, that's the cash to close section at the bottom of the first page. And uh, it's going to tell you your interest rate, and it's going to tell you what your escrow amount is going to be. So every loan is going to have an escrow account with it, which is money that is a small portion of your monthly payment and goes into an escrow account that the lender can only use to pay for your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance. So that's going to be listed in there. So it's just going to outline everything that's going on in the transaction. And so the lender and I will work on that closing disclosure and where you got to make sure that everything matches and balances. So we have to know that we're both on the same page. So we have to show that every dollar is going somewhere and also that the money coming in is sufficient to pay out. Uh, every person needs to get paid out from that transaction. So that's going to be, you know, your seller and your uh, real estate agents and the mortgage payoffs, all those things. So we have to match and balance and that's the process we go through. So once we've got everything matched and balanced and everything's going to the right place and the lender is all finished with their processing, uh, they're going to send me a closing package. And so the closing package is going to have the various forms and documents that the lender uh, produces that they want signed. So it's going to be things like your initial escrow disclosure statement, which is going to show that money going into that escrow account to pay your taxes and insurance. It's going to show how much is going to go in and how much over time it's going to be built up in that account and when it's going to be paid off. There's going to be various identification forms so we can prove that you are who you say you are. There's going to be you know various other forms uh, that need to be signed in the transaction. And there's also going to be your note, which is the actual loan that you're taking out. And then there's going to be the mortgage, which is what attaches that note to the property. And also, I'm going to draft the act of cash sale. Now, the act of cash sale is the actual legal document that transfers the property to you. Uh, so it's going to have you know the names of the parties in there, what price you're selling the property, you're buying the, and selling the property for, and it's going to have the legal description of the property. So you know the addresses are not really legal descriptions. Addresses are just kind of informational. Uh, that's a post office thing. Legally, your property will have a legal description that is something like if you're in a subdivision, it'll say lot 64 in Terra subdivision. Or sometimes it'll have an actual physical description of the property, like it'll show actual measurements, you know, like uh, this wide by this long, you know, between these streets, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be an actual description so that if you had to, 
go out to the property, you could either look at a subdivision map and you would know exactly where that piece of property is, or if it's not in a subdivision, you could just actually look at the measurements and you could actually go out there and, and map it out and see exactly what property we're talking about. So those are all the documents that are gonna be, have to be signed at the closing. Now there are some documents the lender is gonna wanna see while you're all sitting at the closing table. So what'll happen, I'll get you to sign the documents, I'll go off and send those to the lender. They're going to want to look at them and make sure everything looks good, make sure nothing needs to be re-signed, make sure that they can understand the signatures, make sure everything was signed correctly. And while they're doing that, I'm going to be making copies of all the documents that you signed because you should get copies of everything that you signed. There shouldn't be any document that you signed during the transaction that you don't get a copy of uh, just for your records. And also, real estate agents and title companies will keep a lot of these documents too. So if you ever do need them, uh, you can always contact your title company or your realtor, and they will be able to provide you with pretty much any document that was signed during that entire transaction. I know we keep copies of the entire closing package, so everything you sign at closing, we keep a copy of that. So if you ever needed one, you could always call us, and we'd be able to provide that for you. So then the lender is going to, once they've looked at those documents, say everything looks great, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're good to disperse the funds, and that's when I'll give everyone their checks. I'll give the seller their check. I'll give the the realtor their check. I'll you know send the checks off for your uh, homeowner's insurance and anything else that needs to be paid out. We'll all get paid out. You'll get your keys. You'll go home, and that'll be the end of the transaction from kind of your standpoint. Now, after that, what I'll do is I'll go have the active cash sale and the mortgage recorded in the land records. So those are the two documents that are going to be public that anyone can see. If they want to go down to the clerk's office and look through the records, they could see the active cash sale, which shows you buying the property, and then it'll show the mortgage, which shows that you have a note that is attached to that property. So whenever you go to sell that property, it'll be the same process that your seller did, where I'll have to get a payoff from your bank to see you know, how much to release this mortgage, how much do they need to pay, and that kind of thing. And so once that's recorded, I'll issue the final title policy, and I'll send it all back to the lender. Now, I've talked a lot about lender's title insurance uh, in this scenario, but there's also owner's title insurance. And so the difference between the two is that lender's title insurance insures that title and gives them protection for the entire amount of the mortgage. So whatever the outstanding balance is, that's the amount of protection that's going to be afforded. So if anything happens and th there was a problem with the title and it couldn't be fixed, that lender would get paid whatever the outstanding balance is of that mortgage. Now, there's also owner's title insurance, which protects you for the entire purchase price of that property. So if there was ever someone disputed your title or challenged your ownership in any way, the title insurance company would step in and they would kind of be your advocate in that situation and they would fix whatever title problems did exist or they would defend you for whatever you know title challenge was being thrown at you. But if worst case scenario, if they couldn't fix it and you did have to lose the property, they would give you your money back for what you paid for it. And so it's it's very good thing to get in a transaction, and you're not actually paying the full price for it if you have a mortgage. Because what's going to happen is if, if you get a mortgage on a property, the lender is going to make you buy them lender's title insurance. So if you have a $200,000 property you're buying and your mortgage is going to be $180,000, you're buying the lender lender's title insurance on that $180,000. So if you wanted to get owner's title insurance on top of that, you're not paying uh, – a premium for all of that amount. You're not paying a whole $200,000 premium because you're already, you're already paying for $180,000 of it. So you're just paying for that extra $20,000 of coverage. So it's really uh, a very good deal. 
and it's probably the cheapest insurance you'll ever purchase, and it covers you for the entire time you own that property. And realistically, a lot of title challenges don't happen often, but they do happen. Uh, and so in that you know rare chance when it does happen, whatever you paid for that title insurance is most likely a lot cheaper than you would have to pay if you didn't have the title insurance and you just had to hire an attorney to represent you and help fix those uh, title problems because attorneys are expensive and the title insurance just usually isn't that expensive. And it's also just a one-time fee. You don't have to keep renewing that owner's title insurance policy. You pay it at the closing, that's it. You're covered for the entire time that you own that piece of property. And then also if you were to refinance, you're not getting charged again for that lender's title insurance. You're going to be charged, but it's going to be a lesser fee because you're just being charged for the new amount of insurance, whatever that uh, kind of differences beto- between the outstanding mortgage and the new mortgage when, that you're getting when you refinance. So it's just a really good thing to have, and I highly recommend it. So I hope that kind of explained what goes on on our side of the transaction and kind of the process, and we'll catch you next time. So thanks for listening. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at bjohnson, and I'm on Instagram at bgjohnson. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook, so you can find me there too. If you want to find my company, we're on Instagram at Lakeland Title BR, and we're also on Twitter at the same thing, Lakeland Title BR, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash brclosing. Of course, we're located on Blue Bonnet Boulevard, so you can always stop by and see us, or give us a call at 225-387-5005. So reach out if you need a closing, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.